It is Tuesday, August the 6th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, I think we should change the definition of this podcast from it's an AFL podcast to it's an AFL podcast podcast. Because at the moment, I'm not catching a lot of footy. So my catch-up is I listen to other podcasts. That's how I stay informed to do this podcast, is I listen to other podcasts where they talk about the footy issues, and that's what I know. That's how I know what to talk about when we do our podcast. Yeah, it's uh, Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, a podcast of third or fourth-hand opinions at best. <laughs> Look, if you want to know what Caroline Wilson thinks about Richmond's charge towards the finals, I can give you that opinion. <laughs> Yeah, well, what I like to do, Charlie, on a week like this, because I believe you've watched one game, which means yep. between us we've watched one game. <laughs> and on a, week, on a weekend like this, what I like to do is like, yes, I will listen to Caroline Wilson's opinion, but I'm not just going to come to this podcast with one original source, Charlie. I'm not just okay. going to come here and be you know, parroting what Caro said, introducing my new segment, Ando's Arrow. That's not what's going to be happening. I listen to a wide range of other football podcasts and I contrast the opinions of those people into an opinion of my own based on the fact that I have not seen any of the games, but I just like, oh, well, you know, Michael Warner thinks that, but he hates the AFL. So I'll take that into consideration. I'll get a second source. Yeah. Kane Corns is really coming down hard on this club, but Kane Corns is yeah. a bit of a firebrand. He likes to stir the pot. Tim Watson doesn't think it's a problem, but Tim Watson doesn't really think anything's a problem in the <laughs> AFL, so I'm going to have to get another opinion. Uh, I know ye- yes, yesterday um, there was a – I followed one of those threads through the day. So mm. um, on SEN, they have a breakfast show on SEN, Gary Lyon and uh, uh, Tim, Tim Watson. Watson. And I, I will listen to bits and pieces of their pod- podcast in the morning, particularly if they've got a guest on that I like. Can I just ask, like – I live in Sydney, but I'm often in Melbourne for work and stuff. And nothing feels more Melbourne than to me than getting into my hire car, going over to the shitty AM, <laughs> AM band and listening to SEN, especially as you're driving through the city and you cross a tram line and it cuts in and out and you can barely hear what's going on. Nothing to me makes me feel more at home, like I'm back in my hometown, than listening to SEN periodically coming in and out as I cross a tram line. Now... The great revelation of what you just said, Charlie, is that you know that you're actually talking to somebody who has a competing show in that market <laughs> on the FM band, which is basically your way of backhand saying, I do not listen to your show when I'm in Melbourne. Even when I have the capacity to listen to your regular show, <laughs> fuck you, I'm not listening to it. I'd rather listen to shitty AM going over tram lines that are cutting in and out than possibly hearing a moment of your actual radio show. I would rather get a crystal set I'd rather listen to SEN through a crystal set during a storm than listen to your radio show. <laughs> um, hang on, I'm getting a, a, a number I don't recognise. I better just quickly. Uh, Charlie, uh, I've got to tell you that I interrupted the podcast. You know that. Well, I don't have to yeah. tell you I interrupted the podcast because you were here. <laughs> I watched um, it Because happen. I had a, an unknown number and I was expecting a call and it was the call that I was expecting. And I think it's very on brand for this podcast. So I'm going to now reveal yeah, the call on. that I just took on this podcast because our podcast has turned into Charlie selection night. <laughs> I've got the call up. Uh, our dream of gracing an AFL field alongside AFL legends, which was the reason that we started this podcast in the first place. I just got a call up to see if I was available for the EJ Witten's legends match. What? Really? Do they know about your hips? Well, they do now. I'm not available. <laughs> my hips are made of chalk. And if I tried to kick a football, my hips would just explode. <laughs> they would need to get me to the game and then get me into the operating theatre immediately. I can barely walk, Charlie. Getting up the steps to my office to record this podcast, I need to have a five-minute break between attempting the stairs and actually sitting down for the podcast. 
Uh, I am also in a different state when the game is on. So uh, luckily I also had that excuse. But uh, there you go. AFL. I, uh, I, I've been asked to participate in two celebrity football matches at the SCG and both times have been rained out. Everyone knows my story about when I went the torp. 20 metres out directly in front and went the top. In fact, Adam Spencer, uh, when he guested when you had a week off this week, decided he, that's his favourite story, I think. I think the only reason he agreed to come on the show was to retell that story about me kicking the torpedo into the point post. Out of bounds, on the full. As the AFL commentator from the AFL Nintendo game might say, out of bounds, on the full. What I would like to think, Charlie, is he actually has a set. He has two. He has your story that he likes to tell, and then he likes to tell the story about the time that I tackled the girl from sister to sister into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is a story that I can imagine if it had happened to anyone other than me would amuse me so much because we're playing in this celebrity match and I go to do the absolutely responsible thing, which is like tackle this teenage pop star in a way that is just literally, I put my arms just gently around her. I'm about to like lower her to the ground in like, like a caring father or like somebody rescuing victims from some sort like of accident. Patrick type. Swayze in Dirty Dancing. You're just going to gently lower her from the stage. And just whisper, nobody puts baby in the corner <laughs> of the center And just square. whisper, hang on, who's sister to sister? You, I, I'm trying to like rack my brain to think, which pop act was that? What era are we talking? Late 90s? Early they 2000s? Were like a, they were like an early Veronica's. And were they sisters? <laughs> I believe they were. I don't know. I, I, I never investigated, but they look pretty similar. So they were either sisters or another girl who looked like the girl who'd been recruited to pretend she was her sister for pop purposes. I don't remember. Were they S2S at one stage? Did they try and rebrand? S2S. Absolutely, they were S2S. Yeah, right. They started as sister to sister? Or was that concurrently? They were sister to sister and S2S. I mean, that is a really good question. I'm not sure that I know a lot of the answers to, but should we dive into it and find out? (laughs) Yeah, go on. Tune into Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL (laughs) podcast. Also with discussions of obscure pop bands from the late 90s. We didn't see a lot of footy this week. So, um, okay. So they look like they're sisters to me. Um, uh, so what I'm going to do is, uh, oh, God, wouldn't it be amazing if in their Wikipedia entry, there is a section on like the celebrity football game in which triple J presenter, Will Anderson body slander into the turf. Uh, oh yeah. And that's what, oh, here we go, Charlie sister to sister. So there's a two, not like, not T O or T O O. I would, I would expect nothing less than a pop band. So sister numeral two sister or. S2S were an Australian duo. Was obviously come up before the movie Requiem for a Dream came out, right? Because S2S is just a little too similar to Ass to Ass. <laughs> yeah, our team was called the Human Centipedes. And <laughs> S2S were an Australian duo. What if Tony Cochran decided we've got a new idea? To yeah, we need to revitalize the, the brand. <laughs> We're the Gold Coast the Human Centipedes. <laughs> We're going to be called the Human Centipedes and you should see the new mascot. And the thing the crowd does, like, you know, Port Adelaide have never tear us apart, but you should see what our crowd do <laughs> as our players come out as they form the Gold Coast Human Centipede. I mean, I think that's how they should go through the banner, all the players, right? As they come out of the race, they should be in a human centipede and just crawl through the banner. That <laughs> would sell t- tickets. And you can't tell me that wouldn't put the opposition off. No. And you can't tell me that wouldn't be high entertainment on the Gold Coast. That would be the <laughs> pinnacle of high-class entertainment. Uh, an Australian duo comprising the Muscat sisters, Christine and Sharon, which, you know, for the purposes of relating this to AFL, I'm going to say it's your Crouch brothers. Right. It's... It's Matthew and Brad. Is that their names? Matthew well, and Brad. No. Oh, okay, because they're not twins, so they're not the Scott brothers. They're they're no. uh, or or are they Selwoods? No, there's too many Selwoods. It's two brothers. The Wakelands. No, no because they were twins I, as well. I think they're like the well. I think they're like the Crouch brothers because they're a bit indistinguishable from each other. Okay, fair enough. That's I'm, true. I'm not I, sure I, which I could... one, I'm not sure which one's which. Yeah, they're that's perfect. Good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Christine and Sharon, who were pop singers, songwriters, and television presenters. Their debut album, One, uh, peaked at number three on the Aria's Albums charts. 
It provided two top five singles, Sister. So their, their first song was called Sister. Says <laughs> Christ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, if every band did that, like imagine if like the Rolling Stones' first single was We're the Rolling Stones. Or the Beatles. We're the Beatles, we're the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the monkeys though. It worked for the monkeys. So Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. So Sister to Sister uh, released their song Sister. And their second song, What's a Girl to Do? Uh, Be a sister. In brackets, be a sister. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third single, Twisted Sister to Sister. Yeah, and At then the in brackets, R&D did, we, did we mention we're sisters? <laughs> Definitely sisters. How good are sisters? <laughs> At the Arias in 2000, Sister won, Sister won Best Independent Release. So they were indie, basically. Ooh, indie pop act. Uh, they were VJs on MTV's Hits. And in, the, in 2004, opened the Sister to Sister School of Singing. Wow. What what year was so, that? So, yeah, 2004. The Sister to Sister uh, School of Singing, which is... But they, they only accepted sisters. Quadruple S. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> only singing sisters. The Sister to Sister School of Singing Sisters. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so they, they're different ages. Um, right. Maltese background... From Sydney, um, that's about it. No, no mention of the celebrity uh, football match, unfortunately. Yeah. So, what was the? You didn't actually finish the story. So, you went to lower her down gently, but what happened? You fall on her. Somebody, somebody tackled me, and as right. they tackled me, they grabbed my arms. So, imagine I'm someone's Hang upright. On. Wait a minute. Why were you? Didn't she have the ball? Yes, she had the ball. And so you were tackling her, and then someone was tackling you. Yes. So but hang on. The other is that per- person your teammate? Uh, is it you like, you know, when you get, is it like when, you know, someone drops on the ball and your two players will go in to trap the ball and you try and get a holding the ball decision? Was that, was that the tactics at play here, Will? <laughs> Second man in? You know, the interesting thing now that you ask is I need some behind the goals vision. Yeah. I need to ask for what happened because I have no idea who the second tackler was. Because I, as this story will unfold, I was only concentrating on what was happening in front of me. And I'm mm. not actually ever looked or considered, was it an opposition player? Or in my head, it's always been an opposition player, but I actually have no memory of who it was. It could have been, like you said, it makes more sense that it would be one of my teammates who's coming in to Couldn't kind of in. get in on the tackle. Yeah. Well, anyway, regardless, <laughs> somebody has tackled me. Tackled Spence, me from behind. Spence might know. Spence, I mean, oh, we, yeah, know you li- we know you listen, although the Swans lost on the weekend, heartbreaking loss from what I understand on the weekend, so maybe he isn't listening. But Spence, if you are listening and you can illuminate, if you even have some vision from behind the goals, <laughs> send it into us. <laughs> Be weird if you'd just been hanging on to it. <laughs> We're just waiting for the perfect moment. Uh, so, um, yeah, so somebody's tackled me and grabbed my arms. So, in, like, it's basically turned into a sling tackle. Like right, I've essentially yeah. thrown her onto the ground and she was like a teenage pop star. It was no good. Like and it's so the sort of thing that if it happened to anyone other than me, if I was ever sad, I would just think of that moment and just it would make me happy. But because it was me, uh, I, I don't think upon it so fondly. And so did they give her a concussion test or something? Yeah, yeah. She couldn't play in the next celebrity match. <laughs> Mandatory two weeks. Yeah. Um, no, no, no I, I don't think she was that badly hurt, but her dad was not happy. Her dad oh. was, uh, her dad was real mad. <laughs> I think it's great. Like you have always been very aware of your coordination issues. And I just love that at one point you thought that I've got this. <laughs> I can, in this, in this circumstance, in this game of 360 degrees where bodies can fly from any angle, I've got this. I'm going to pick up this tiny girl and gently place her on the ground. Oh, yeah, but like I am very aware of my limitations when it comes to both my physicality and also the fact that I am completely and 100% unco. I've done tests. I have been diagnosed as massively unco. But most of it, most of my uncoordination is I can be coordinated, 
Like mm. I'm not always uncoordinated, but I get distracted really easily. And it happens all the time, like just at home or whatever, where I'm just trying to do too many things at the same time and I'm listening to something and I'm doing something else. And I, for a guy who has trouble picking things up off the floor, I drop things way too often. <laughs> uh, football? Um, football. All right. Let's talk about it. I'm just bringing up the results. Let's see if this will stimulate anything in us. Okay. So oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, so Friday night. Let's go through the games based on oh. the fact that neither of us saw many, either of them and just see what we have garnered out of the podcast and the press about what happened okay. in these games. Good. Yeah, I like this. Okay, so on Friday night, the Shinbone has defeated the Hawks. Now, this is what I know about this game. Yeah. Ben Brown kicked his 50th. And he wheeled around onto his boot, and, and it was a, it was a, it was a bender, according to BD. <laughs> um, here's what I know about this game: I know that it was Reese Shaw's first game as oh, the yeah. North Melbourne coach officially, and it felt different. He said on AFL 360 to be the actual, the the real coach as opposed to the filling coach, and it felt a bit weird that he was saying that when David Teague was also on the panel because it felt like it was rubbing in his face a little bit. It's like, I'm a real coach now and you're still just a feeling, dirty feeling, spat at him, which was, I thought was inappropriate. I'm a big boy now. <laughs> and you're not. You're not a real coach. I'm a real coach now. You're probably not even going to get the job. Vossi will. I mean, Mike Howell might have seen this game being an avid Hawks supporter, but I'm going to make a prediction having not seen this game apart from that Ben Brown highlight. James Sisley did something stupid. I'm going to uh, tell you that uh, Reese Shaw got a big cheer, apparently, at the 150th. Oh, that's what they had. They had a function. Uh, yeah, that's right. And, and David King said, and I quote, we have a policy at North Melbourne. You don't lose on the night when there's a function. And I was like, that is a very specific policy to have <laughs> as a football club, isn't it? Like... We can lose any other game of the season, but if we've got a function on, let's make sure we try today, boys. I think I've been to a couple of St. Kilda functions. I think we have the opposite policy. We are guaranteed to lose the night of a function, whether it be Rob Harvey breaking the game's record or some 150th anniversary, we'll lose. Yeah, yeah. St. Kilda are a bunch of dirty, rotten function ruiners. <laughs> we've got no feng shui. <laughs> um... Uh, oh, Ben Cunnington uh, probably was not aware that Reece Shaw had been appointed coach, <laughs> if we know anything. <laughs> All right, the next game was a, a, a victory that I believe I predicted. This is when uh, Port Adelaide got up over the Bombers. Mm. And I did predict this. Did I talk you into this? I can't remember. I remember saying to you, Port shouldn't win this, so they'll win it. And I think I maybe talked you around on that. It's Port are kind of like, it, it's my backs against the wall for Port is... Games they're not meant to win, they will win. And games that they're meant to win, they'll lose. They're flaky. Yes, but I am convinced that Port Adelaide, at their best, are probably the most dangerous team to sneak into the eight. So of all the teams that are left, you know, Adelaide Bulldogs, you know, who can make the eight, I reckon if Port Adelaide get in, they'd be the one that the other teams would be most nervous about facing. Because when they're at their best, they are very, very good, Port Adelaide. Their worst is a fair way away from it. But those kids, like, are just... I mean, Rosie is already a star. Like, yeah. he's already a... You pay money to go and watch him play football. He was... I saw some highlights of him. And, like, well, every position he gets is highlights. But mm. he is just an amazing footballer. I love that... Is it Dersma? Was he the one who yeah. did the, the bow, and, bow arrow. and arrow? Yeah. And he kicked that banana from the boundary yeah. line and, and got the bow and arrow out again. And I was like, oh, yeah, all right. I'm into well, this. Look at this new groovy Port Adelaide. I think it's funny because it, I saw that highlight as well. And I feel like, oh, because here's the thing. If I can't see a game, if I can't see games the weekend, I will watch the AFL website's top 10 plays of the, of, of the weekend. <laughs> so that was definitely in it. But it feels like, I mean, can you think of a celebrity or an act or whatever where public opinion has so quickly gone from hatred to love? Like who, who's someone that everyone has just sort of embraced? They were, you know, they hated and then they just loved. Because that's what's happened with Dersma. It was like, it was like there was discussions around, you know, should he have done it? And the coach had to come out and speak on his behalf. But now this time it's like, oh, we love him. We weren't prepared for it for the first time. But now we know what you're going to do. We love it. Just let us know when you're going to be spontaneous. Yeah. Like, no, because it was a story, I think. You know, and, and then suddenly it was like, oh, I like that, you know, 
He's, 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 he, knows, he now knows the right time to bring out the arrow. You can't do it when you're five goals behind. You can do it to rub it in their faces when you're five goals in front. That's and what we just... find acceptable as a football community. <laughs> yeah, arrogance. Justified <laughs> arrogance. When I step back from it, it is a weird way to measure. But anyway, whatever. Good on you, fella. I do love well, that he puts the head flick in. Like That's what head... sells it for me. The head 100%. flick is... But what is the head flick too? Because it's kind of like... Like, if you were playing, like, lead guitar for Metallica or something, like, that head flick makes sense, right? But what archer, worth his weight in gold, <laughs> is doing a head flick? I think that would be counterproductive to hitting a target, right? Well, I would have... Yeah, I watch a lot of the TV show Arrow, and he's not <laughs> rocking a head flick. <laughs> I bet... I mean, I know you're probably joking, but at the same part of me, a guy who watched every season of Smallville... Have you watched a lot of Arrow? I've watched every episode of Arrow. Fuck. What are you talking oh, about? It's a good are, show. What is? I feel like we need to have an intervention, Will. Like I watched no games of AFL man. this weekend, but I, I have watched every episode of Arrow. And now, because Dersen is doing the Arrow, it's kind of like your two favourite things are coming together. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Now it's my favourite thing. <laughs> Arrow play and football. It's actually the, fa- the final season of Arrow this season so I'm nearly done not only have I watched every episode I believe that I will watch every episode looking yeah. forward to the final season of Arrow it felt like Essendon were going to have a loss didn't it like they the last five rounds they've been skating along and having some like close victories and stuff but injuries are going to catch up with them this sort of felt like they were they were due I think if I was a bomber supporter I wouldn't be too worried by this because you lost to a fairly decent team and you've won five in a row so this is alright I, 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 I got question marks on Essendon but, but do I, you sub- do you subscribe to the idea that a loss before the finals is good? I subscribe to the idea that, yeah, 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 you can't do it. Like, I mean, what if Brisbane won seven in a row or something like that? Yeah. Like, you, at some stage, they're going to lose one. You'd hope, almost, because you don't kind of think, can they go right through to the end? But I don't think Essendon are that team that is in the point where you're like, oh, a loss will be good for them. I think they're at that point where a loss could be they could lose a couple more and maybe they could even, like, they could they, miss the they final only, still. They only, from what other podcasts tell me, Will, <laughs> they only have to win one of their last three remaining games to be a shoe in. So they're oh, all right. okay. They're okay. Who are they playing in their three remaining games though? Can we Google uh, that? Yep. They've got uh, the Bulldogs. Well, they could lose to the Bulldogs, possibly. Uh, then they have Frio in Perth. They could lose that, possibly. And then the last game is Collingwood, Friday night, the MCG. They could lose that too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, a, they probably should win. Least, they probably should win at least one of those three, you'd think. But um, Which one are they most likely to win? Uh, well, they could... Uh, Freo. Collingwood. Because Freo, because you don't know which Freo is going to turn up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it'll also depend on how close Collingwood's backs are to the wall by the final round of the year. Collingwood had it too. If Collingwood had lost against the Gold Coast, then, you know, maybe it would be put them in a better position to win the final round. I would okay. argue, though, that your back can yep. be too far against the wall it, it, to the point where you're actually on the other side of the wall. And the problem <laughs> you're is in a different room? A, between you and the premiership, there's now a wall and there's no way over or through the wall. You Sorry, guys, we've, the wall we've too gone hard. too far back to the wall. Okay, what do you know about Sydney Giants? I know that it was uh, close. I know that um, it was only three points in the end and there was a uh, contested mark, whether Sam Reed's mark was a mark, whether he held it for long enough, whether there should be some sort of free kick. And then after that, to be honest, I, I lost a lot of interest in this game. I don't Isn't know a lot a, else about it. What do you reckon about all this uh, talk about uh, Joe Danaher going to the Swans? I like it. Me too. I think it makes a lot of sense. But the only issue is that is it Callum Sinclair at the Swans already has a tiny head. So do they have to move Sinclair on to bring in Danaher or can you have two pinheads at your club? I think the problem at a club is if you have too many big heads. Right. Oh, yeah. Right? That's yeah. what you want to keep out of your club. Everyone's always talking about oh, we're not getting big heads or they talk about oh, we might have got big heads. You know, we won the premiership, we got big heads. You hear this yeah. all the time. But yeah. what you never hear in a press conference is somebody complaining about people having two little heads. Well, maybe you know? that's right. Maybe that's like Tom Harley got it wrong. Like the board was complaining that they think that maybe there's too many big heads at Sydney and he took it literally and was like, well, well I know the player we should get then. 
I have got a brilliant recruiting plan. <laughs> Brisbane are recruiting friends and I'm recruiting people with tiny heads. How do you feel about Liam Jones at fullback? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I personally, Joe cops a lot of shit. And I think because he, have, he plays like that with that enthusiasm and he laughs and he misses goals and stuff like that. I reckon get him out of Melbourne and into Sydney where people don't take AFL as seriously and let him just fucking go bananas. I think Sydney would embrace a player like Joe Danaher. Well, I think they'd embrace him, the style he plays, absolutely. I agree with you because that flair that he has is a much yeah. more Sydney attitude. Yeah. Um, he, does not, he does not enjoy the Melbourne fishbowl. Like he doesn't. He said that before and like the fact that he can't have a beer or whatever without it being, you know, front page news and him debated for a week and all this sort of stuff. And he could have gone to Sydney father son. Like so yeah. he has a family connection to the club. So it's not even as if he's just going somewhere for the money or whatever. He's going to the place he could have gone originally history. under the father son. He has family history there. Mm. Um I think that it's a really compelling story and I think that Sydney would love him and I think that perfect transition out of Buddy, you know, Joe, I just think Like for makes, like. Yeah. Like I'm sure if you're an Essendon fan, this is a terrible conversation, but just for the yeah. sake of the competition, I think that that's a an idea that do, for the competition good would be the sense that Bomber supporters love Joe? Because I don't. I feel like he's, you know, they're wishy-washy on Joe. I think they love it when he plays well, but I think he's a bit of a whipping boy too. I mean, the fact that he let the club, this isn't like a clandestine meeting, like the club knows it's all out in the public and stuff. But to me, it's like, oh, well, you know, there are certain players that you don't want it getting out, you know, that they could be leaving because you lose memberships or whatever. But the fact that Essendon have been so open about this, haven't denied it or made any statements makes me think that, Maybe they don't think there's too much fallout if he does go. Well, I or the the real the possibility, which is that people can be friends uh, and have relationships, and he and Tom Harley have this long term relationship where he's looked at Tom Harley as a mentor. Like if I went and had a meeting with somebody who worked at another radio station or whatever, it doesn't mean I'm going to go and work for that radio station. Sometimes you can just have friends. You know, and not every meeting needs to be about that. But as a hypothetical situation, now that people are talking about it regardless. So once once people say it, it then becomes something that Sydney have to think about. Even if Sydney hadn't been thinking about it, the fact yeah. that it's now been said out loud makes them start to think, like if suddenly they write in the paper that some other radio station is trying to recruit me for more money, you do start to go, well, actually, maybe, maybe now that everyone's saying this is a good idea, it might be a good idea. <laughs> so I'm, I missed that. Was that how it was played off as just two mates catching up. Yeah. And he told Essendon about it and Sydney oh. had been informed and it had just been cleared as a Tom Harley's having a meeting with Joe Danaher just as a, as his friend and mentor. And oh. there's the, like, you know, it's very much the, you know, Hey honey, on Saturday night, remember my old friend, Sarah, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to catch up in the afternoon and have a cup of tea because she's in town. Yeah. Her husband, blah, 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 mentioned him. You know, like... You know, <laughs> just you know, all above board. Yeah, there's, we're in a public place. Here's my penis. I'm leaving you it in the box. You can <laughs> do, you can, yeah, like, it's, everything's cool. <laughs> that makes me think you're definitely going to fuck it. Yeah. Well, this is what's... That's the equivalent of what's happened with this meeting. Yeah. It could yeah. be completely innocent, but the no, fact... That it even happened in the first place. It's you, This is a very uh, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga situation. Yeah, you're overcompensating. Everyone, but also, everyone just looks at them together and goes, even if you guys don't want to be together, we like you together. Why don't you guys be together? <laughs> I love that we were talking about GWS versus Sydney and we've spent the last 10 minutes talking about Essendon still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think for Sydney too, who cares? This is what you want. If you've had a shit year, you just want to lose lots of games by a close margin. So you look competitive, you're getting games in the young players, and you still get that high draft pick. So I think this is a win-win for both clubs. GWS stay in touch with the top four. They're priming themselves to the finals. Sydney, you know, showed some fight, got close, but they still get that draft pick. So tick, tick from Abs me. Absolutely agree. Could, like that's If you're Sydney, 
this is your best possible result, which is you've shown that you can you compete with what, a team that's going to be in maybe in the top four, top six, you know, can have a run at the finals. But at the same time, you haven't, yeah, you haven't got yourself a worst draw next year and a worst draft choice. You've, I, it's a good result. A low crowd, from what I heard. Yeah. So what does that mean? If Do you reckon if Sydney are in a rebuild, that that, I mean, this is only going to be, like their, their rivalry was at its peak when they were both really good teams. Can Sydney, the, the territory, the AFL territory, survive a non-rivalry between these two teams? Ah, uh, Sydney will be back next. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if Sydney made the finals next year. Well, they've changed the they they want the cola, but they're changing the name of it. What is it? It's something else. It's like um, oh, there's there's some funny name for it, which is like that's the cola, right? It's it's like extra expense money or something like that. Pocket money. We need some yeah, AFL pocket money. It's not a cost money. of living allowance. It's like a living costs cost. more allowance. Allow us yeah. to live with more costs. <laughs> Yeah, this is not a cola. This is a loca. It's a Pepsi. Please ensure plenty of income. <laughs> uh, there's an S in there as well. Serious. Serious income. Yeah, please ensure plenty of serious income. The Pepsi. The Pepsi. Is the Pepsi okay? Uh, okay, over in the West. Which is ironic because people normally go to Sydney for the Coke. Hey! Come on. Anyway, whatever. The the Mighty Dockers. The Mighty Dockers. It was the boil over of the round, Will. Oh, Uh, sorry. Uh, Just before we go on. Yeah. What you were saying about Sydney is the reason that the Joe Danaher thing makes sense as well. Yes. Which is like, if they could could say to Essendon, you're going to pay Joe Danaher a million dollars next year and then he's going to be a free agent and he's probably going to come to Sydney. Why don't we just... Do the deal now. Get him up to Sydney. You've played without him this year. You you know what they will look like and all those sort of things. So let's just get it done now. And you guys can free up the salary room and, and you know, and that makes sense to me. Like people who come out next year, if you had Buddy Franklin and, and uh, Joe Danaher in the forward line for Sydney, even if you didn't make the finals, you mm. just won enough games to be close enough. People who come out. What do you want in return if you're Essendon? Like what is fair? If you're talking trade, what round? Uh, sorry, draft. What what round? Draft pick second. Well, no, 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 no. Oh fuck no! If you're Sydney, you want. Oh, sorry, if you're Essendon, Essendon, you you want um, Sydney's fourth first. pick or fifth pick, whatever they're. No, they're their first, the, their first round draft pick. Yeah, pick no, number four or not, five. You're not absolutely. That. Joe Danaher's no, on like nine hundred thousand no, no, dollars no. a year. He's a key forward. If you're, but you were not getting Sydney have not had a top 10 draft pick in however many years. They're not giving it up, not for Joe Danaher. I think what you'd get is a package deal. You'll get a second rounder and I don't know, like uh, um, uh, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're reigning best and fairest winner. <laughs> Who apparently also someone sent us a link on our Facebook page because, yes, two guys, one cup is on Facebook. Um, there's a stat that uh, Jake Lloyd has just reached, which is, uh, here we go. Jake Lloyd passes 10,000. Jake Lloyd became the first player to pass 10,000 metres gained for the season. He had 459 metres gained against GWS in a two-point loss to bring his total to 10,158. This is the fourth consecutive year he has passed the 10,000 metres gained mark. Another And there's a photo attached to the article. I'm looking at it. Never seen this guy before in my life. No idea <laughs> who that is. He could be sitting right in front of me, and I wouldn't know who that was. That's how he gains so many metres. People <laughs> don't recognise him out there on the field. He just sneaks by him. They're concentrating <laughs> on the players they recognise. They're all like, get on Jared McVeigh. They all run over to McVeigh. Lloyd just waltzes through. People are manning up on Rampy. He just like sidles behind him, gains some more metres. Sneaks his way to another BNF. Probably doesn't even have a moustache. Probably just puts it on and off in disguise <laughs> as he roams around the field gaining metres. He doesn't have a moustache according to that photo. Oh, like, really? I couldn't even... Like, if I had Why to do I think him, he has a moustache then? If, Does he if have Jake, a moustache? If Jake... Well, hang on. Let me have a... I'll share it with you. If Jake Lloyd had assaulted me and I was in the police station and I had to give a description, I'd be like, 
uh, I mean, I'm looking at the photo. Here's me describing yeah. him. Describe he, him. He's white, Caucasian. Okay, yep. Um, sandy brown hair. Um, short on the sides, long on the top. He has completely generic features. He looks like he was created in like some kind of Sims game. Like if you had to have a sprite in the background playing like a, I don't know, a postman or something, he looks completely, there's nothing unique about Jake Lloyd. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe that's what makes him unique is that he's just like the ultimate chameleon. Like that, you know, he just has the capacity to sort of fit in and blend in in every situation. Yeah, maybe. Hang on. I'm dropping the photo into our, our yeah, chat window. Yeah, do, it, you can, do you that can so look. I can have a look and see if right. your description is anything like I was imagining. Oh, I, I reckon he's got a moustache in that photo. No, he doesn't. Enlarge it. <laughs> Mike Hal, can you find another photo of Jake Lloyd? Just like maybe a profile shot from the, the Swans website or something. We need to get to yeah. the bottom of this. Who is Jake Lloyd? I love that the season started with us asking who Jake Lloyd is. After another stellar season in which he's fucking over 10,000 metres gained, I still don't know who he is. I know he played on the halfback flank. It's our version of Twin Peaks, the who killed Laura Palmer, or like that, who shot JR. Who is Jake Lloyd? All right. Over in the West, the Dockers, boil over of the round, beat the Cats. Cats are staggering, Will. Your premiership fancies are staggering. They are. Absolutely no doubt about it. That they are. I, I thought it was just a bit of, you know, fine to have a couple of losses before the finals. But they're staggering a bit now. But I saw Chris Scott on uh, 360 last night. Mm. And he doesn't seem that faced. He, he seems to think that everything's okay and they know what's wrong. And he he's, he seems very smart, Chris Scott. Like he's yeah. one of those guys who has a he has a disarming sense of humor where he constantly feels a bit sort of bemused by everything. Yeah. Like his personality is what Lockie Hunter's face is. Yeah, <laughs> I was just yeah. About to say. <laughs> but he presents it with that sort of hard man, you know, Scott brother face. But yeah. he has this kind of like quite. Is there a- is there a chance that the reason he's so relaxed and calm is that he and Brad are doing a parent trap where they're just alternating weeks going in and out like it's just too much pressure for Chris to deal with so they just tag in and tag out. And so it's like, you know, he's feeling kind of loose. He hasn't. It's not like a year of stress has built up on him. It's just Brad's coming in and Brad's laughing and joking with everyone and then next week it'll be Chris. I 100% believe that is the case. I believe... <laughs> Their parent trapping it. <laughs> I believe that when Brad Scott uh, left North Melbourne, he immediately went to uh, one of the remaining DVD shops in the area <laughs> and he got himself a copy of the Christopher Nolan masterpiece, The Prestige, mm. and he took it down the highway to Geelong and he went over to Chris's place, hooked it up to his giant projector screen that he has where he re-watches like... Uh, you know, game uh, game replays footage. and match day yeah. footage and stuff like that. And he puts the prestige up there and he shows him the movie, the prestige. And then after it finishes, he just turns to him and winks and they know yeah. the game is on. And yeah. since then, they've just been playing, <laughs> playing the same character. So if you see at a press conference, one of them is missing a pinky finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of them actually gets along with uh, with David King quite well, and Kingy doesn't know what's going on because <laughs> one week one of them's trying to barrel him, and then the next week he's getting along quite well with him. He's like, I just never know who you are. Uh, what about Ross Lyon? Do you think he's safe? Do you think he's staying? Do you think he's going? I. This was a good week for Ross. This is yeah. a good victory. If you know, if that idea is that he's lost the. Okay, hang on. So okay. Mike Hell's just put up a picture of Jake Lloyd. And in this one, one Charlie, yeah. he definitely has a mustache. Yeah, but do you reckon that player looks completely different to the one that I posted? I mean, I wouldn't know I that agree. the same person. <laughs> I but agree. The, one the, has the two Sandy... images we have of Jake Lloyd are, are completely different people. <laughs> yeah. It's like he has the most generic face 
So he just looks like anyone at any time. He would be the perfect infiltration unit. Like they say when they came up with the first draft of the Terminator before they cast Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, the idea was they wanted to cast an actor who was so nondescript. He would be the perfect infiltration unit. A Terminator could come up and assassinate you because you just never see it coming. That's Jake Lloyd. You know what? There is this, or maybe it's more like a, a Jason Bourne style thing. Yeah. Like, whereas like Jason Bourne isn't one person. There was like a program to build like, at that, maybe this is what they're doing at the Sydney Academy. The Lloyd they, legacy. They, they've been trying. They've been trying to perfect a Jake Lloyd to send out into society. So it's the Lloyd identity, the Lloyd supremacy, the Lloyd legacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I, Ross, Ross Lyon, if he had lost the players, yeah, this is this is one of those classic ones where it looked like they played for him, and it, it look they've got a. I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of upside to Fremantle. It's hard well, to tell. It seems you feel like Frio are, like are a bit like Port in that when they play well, you're like, oh yeah, that's a really good player, and he's a really good player, and he's a really good player. And he's, but then they just don't play well, so you sort of forget about that. Or is that every team? That's a lot of teams, but I think Frio more than a lot of them. Like when I they're think- at their best, they look fantastic, but they they does seem to be a, a fair way between their best and their worst. Because there was a period too. of time a few weeks ago where they could, just couldn't score. It felt like yeah. they'd just forgotten how to kick goals. And then when you see them up and about and flying, you're like, of course they can score. Look at all these options they have. Look how good Michael Walters is and look how good Nat Fife is, you know. Well, and also like David Mundy. Like he, as long as you have David Mundy in your side, who is the prototypical Western Australian footballer, just looks like the prototypical Western Australian footballer, and he always manages to kick those clutch shots from the boundary line. It always seems to be in the same position. You know, he's like 10 metres in from the boundary line, 30 metres out on a really difficult angle and just slots it very calmly. I think is he... Would you say that David Mundy is their barometer? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that he is. Because it, it feels like when Mundy plays well, free man will look good. But when they don't play well, you don't hear much about Mundy. Yeah. I mean, and they played with that manic intensity you say they had a real manic monday oh well i don't want to come across like we're a monday experts well look just like garfield i hate mondays <laughs> and of course he doesn't play with underwear so he's no undy monday uh the demons the demons had another disappointing <laughs> weekend. a lot, a lot of people are haters of his though and i say tell me why i don't like monday <laughs> Order one more. <laughs> uh, the Demons had another disappointing weekend. They lost to the Tigers by the looks of things. Now, from this is what I know about this game. It was wet, mm. but the Tigers moved the ball like it was dry. The Tigers are good, and uh, Dustin Martin's last month, he's been the number one player in the game in pretty much every statistic. So he's back to some of the best form that he's ever... Yeah, so, Gun to your yeah, head. Ti- you have to pick between the Tigers, the Lions, and the Eagles. Who's got it? Eagles. I think the Eagles are still the best team in it. I would, out of the three, the one that I'd like to see win it the most is Brisbane because the other two have had a go. You know, mm. I, I like the romance of the Brisbane story. I'd like to see Brisbane win it. I think West Coast are most likely to. I think Richmond definitely can. Yeah. Do you think Melbourne should trade one of their inside mids next year? Get rid of either uh, Brayshaw, Viney, or Oliver? They need some speed. So I guess it's if you can get someone fast in return. No point getting rid of one of those good players if you can't get someone fast in return. Here's a bloody uh, left field suggestion. What about Harley Bennell? If he can get over his calf issues, is he worth a gamble? Low draft pick. You take him, take him with like pick 90 or whatever. Put him on like a fairly base wage. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what Melbourne needs. <laughs> <laughs> That'll that'll fix everything. <laughs> guys, guys, got no, hear me out. I know we've had a pretty shocking season. We've massively underperformed. It's been an absolute disgrace and everybody's asking if last year was the aberration or this year. But I think I've got the solution. Harley Bernal. <laughs> guys, guys, hasn't played a game in three years. Guys. Chronic injuries and off-field problems. Go, go, guys, guys, guys. I feel... Come on. Hear me out. 
<laughs> I've got your solution. These magic beans. Uh, over at Adelaide, the Crows down to the Saints. I actually uh, did watch this game. I was in the country, watched it on my phone. Um, they were just too good for us. But <clears throat> it was a bad old days of us not being able to kick for goal again. We just we had plenty of plenty of chances to to put pressure on them and stay in touch, but we just we just missed. And it was good seeing Eddie back. Like who knows how much longer we'll see Eddie. The rumor I've heard from listening to other podcasts will. <laughs> Actually, it's just mainly Caroline Wilson. She's my number one source of all information. Caroline Wilson suggests that Eddie's been on the phone to Charlie Cameron and might go to Brisbane next year. She also says that there's six players who want out of Adelaide. Six, like, senior-listed, regular game players who want out of Adelaide. Okay, so riddle me this. Yeah. If Eddie bets is on the phone to Charlie Cameron to be like, hey, what's Brisbane like? Is there room for me up there on the forward line? Mm. Uh, how does that conversation get to Caroline Wilson? Um, phone tap. <laughs> <laughs> She's in a van. She's in a van outside Eddie's place. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an unmarked vehicle. She's in there wearing headphones, got a little radar. I feel like um, you're giving Tom Brown ideas. I think, yeah, I think there was, I think she was getting her info. There, she named, I can't remember the, the journalist's name. There's a guy, an Adelaide journalist who is apparently in with the Crows, came out quite strongly against Don Pike and named names, named the six players who wanted to go on the move. And, yeah, but uh, how, I, think I mean, unless Eddie, those players I think it's, are well known that, that Eddie, they went out of there. But, but Eddie and Charlie are good mates. I think that's no secret, right? Yeah, so it's the sort of thing you could make up. It's like yeah. I could say, you know, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt Damon's been ringing Ben Affleck a lot about, you know, doing another Bourne movie, and you could go, okay, well, I guess, I guess I could just say that because they're friends and people will believe it. But either Eddie Betts or Charlie has had to tell someone about that conversation, and I'm just saying, if Eddie was really sounding out Charlie about Brisbane, who who would be sharing that around? Um. Well, I mean, maybe like Eddie has some ill will towards the Crows after that preseason camp. Maybe he's chatting to the journalist or chats to someone who chats to the journalist. I don't think it, I mean, I agree. It's pure speculation <laughs> at this point, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Um, that would be great if that was what he was checking out of it about Brisbane. He's like, hey, I'd really love to come up there. Now, just before I agree to it, they're not going to take us on any weird-ass camps where they play us like the <laughs> Richmond theme song over and over and they tie us naked to a tree upside down or anything, are they? I'm not going to have to share something really intimate to me in a really degrading way, am I? That'll scar me forever, surely. I mean, the thing about watching the Crows on the weekend is they have this... I mean, I don't know if it's just the, if I'm, if text personifies how I feel about the Crows, but they do strike me as just like... Flat track bullies, like they have that kind of look about them that when the game is on their terms and they're playing at home and stuff, they can, they look pretty good, but they weren't, I didn't think like we were blown away by a much better team. I felt like we, the Saints were more to blame for that loss than the Crows being a really good side. And the goals that Tex and Eddie got, because I think Tex kicked four and Eddie kicked three and at least two of those each were from turnovers in the back line. They were gifts, like, you know, run into an open goal. So, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't feel optimistic about the Crows going forward. Like, I think if they make the eight, then they will be the weakest of the, the, the three or four teams that are in the are jostling for that eighth position. I don't think the, the – like, based on me not having seen this game, I don't change my opinion on Adelaide, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but um, – which is that I – Sensible. <laughs> Since taking on no new information, my opinion as is as it was a week ago, which is I don't think if they make the finals, I don't think they do much in the finals. Whereas I think if Port made the finals, Port could possibly, you know, win a game or two. Yeah. I mean, there is that kind of theory, isn't there? I've heard it long, spoken about the Bulldogs, spoken about Port. Whoever gets into the eight, oh, you don't want to take them on. I'm like, no. I mean, I think the other clubs will be fine. There's a reason that team is eight and the other clubs are above them. I don't think there's like, there's no team outside, you know, the top, the, the top six teams that I'm like, oh, you know, they're a real dark horse. I think the ladder as it sits now is a pretty accurate representation of where those clubs are. Maybe Collingwood will slide down a couple more spots. 
I just think the only thing I would say to that is that I think that Port Adelaide's best is their problem is they can't replicate it every week at the moment. And I think they've got a lot of young players. So they, mm. they are very hot and cold. But when they're hot, they're hot. And that you could jump a team. I don't think that Adelaide have that capacity to play at their peak as well as mm. Port Adelaide. Adelaide might be more consistent. They might be able to replicate it sort of, you know, more than Port Adelaide can. They're more reliable. But I just think that Port Adelaide at their best are a better team than Adelaide. Can I just say too, like, we don't often do this where we actually go through the games and like comment. A, I'm very impressed by how much we know about each team. And like we've had at least five minute talking points on each game, which is really impressive. But secondly, if you're a serious like footy journalist, are you watching every game? Like when I listen to the podcast that I cribble my information from, <laughs> I just assume that they've seen all the games. But listening to us bullshit, I'm like, maybe they haven't. Maybe this is just like a like a vicious circle where we all just like fill the air with like unfounded opinions and we all just feed off each other. Well, I certainly think that this would be hard to discern from the usual episodes where we know nothing about the game. <laughs> <laughs> On Sunday, the Magpies smash the Suns. A little bit of a confidence booster. Gets the Maggies going again after a really horrid few weeks. Um, I don't know. I didn't. Don't know anything about this game. I assume that... Oh, no, I know Big Cox copped it in the eye. Oink. Yeah, there's been a lot of one-eyed Cox jokes flying around. Uh, <laughs> none of them quite as amusing as whoever thought they were amusing. But, um, yeah, that's interesting, I reckon. Because, you know, there's been a lot of debate around whether Mason Cox, yeah, what his form's like and all these sort of things. Collingwood are about to find out whether they're a better team with him or without him. And... So that'll be interesting, I think. Um, Darcy Moore, there's been some rumours about him and the oh, Bulldogs, yeah. although apparently no truth to that. But um, I I wish there was, because I reckon yeah. Darcy Moore is exactly the sort of player that we could do with at the Bulldogs. I know he's got some injury concerns, but if he could be fit, the way that he plays, I think, would be mm. that. That's exactly what we're looking for at the Bulldogs, is a player like him. And I've heard him interviewed a bunch as well, and I, I, I like his vibe. Really, I think he'd be a good fit at the Bulldogs. There's not really a lot of key position defensive defensive players like being spoken about, like free agency and stuff, is there? There's not really a lot for the Bulldogs no. to go shopping for. No, Darcy Moore would be good. He'd be a good, good get. I don't think there's much truth to it, but I'll, I hope there is. Uh, nothing to say about the Suns. Oh, you know, I know. Next I, week. <laughs> I can tell you that... Um, uh, we had Dugowie on the show this morning. Oh, yeah. And he is actually really fun, really delightful. One of those guys that's got, you can see that sort of charisma that he has out on the football field he has in real life as well. I found him very charming company and a great sense of humor. Like, you know, was fine with me making jokes about, you know, the dogs and the, yeah. you know, et cetera. So, yeah, no, I, I liked him, liked him a lot. So he's got an injury though, so he's out as well. So they're going to, Collingwood are... You know, they're going to have to find some ways to goal without Stevenson, without Dugowie, without Cox. A lot of their forward mm. line's gone. I picked them for the flag and I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's perfectly backs to the wall. That's what it is. Yeah. Definitely backs to the wall. Uh, Carlton, their dream run has ended, losing to a very impressive Eagles. I did watch the highlights of this game just because, you know, aside from Brisbane, I think the Eagles are the, one of the best teams to watch. And uh, they look fucking great. The Eagles look better than last year. They look like they've got more pl- better players and their good players are playing better. JJK, Jack Darling have come to form. Is there a more imposing forward line? I don't think so. Well, Rioli, with that feet, that, that kind of half-forward role that Rioli plays, because he is just that classic sort of half that facilitator of good forward line entry that you need. He, him and, his him disposal and going... Him and Jetta can hit a 40-meter pass like on the run, just like hit you, like just lace out on the chest. It's incredible. And he's just turned into a superb player, Willie Rioli. He was always a really good player, but he has gone up a level. And then you've got um, flying Liam Ryan, who's now taken Nick Rewalt-style, you know, <laughs> yeah. courageous marks. And like he used to just like take speckies like he was in the schoolyard. And now he's yeah. like putting his body on the line, you know, doing all these well, that, courageous acts. They've, they've that, got, that Jenna, they've got all... a spare Cameron. 
that was always the knock on Ryan, isn't it? And when I say that right. was always a knock, that was always my knock <laughs> on Liam Ryan, is that he was a bit soft. He was an outside player in the grand final. Remember that contested ball where he just went for the hip and shoulder rather than going for the ball. But that mark, I think, will do a lot to kind of change my opinion of Liam Ryan. <laughs> and by my opinion, you mean Caroline Wilson's opinion. You're regurgitating. <laughs> nah, it was awesome. They just look great. And they can obviously play in Melbourne. I mean, that is just not even an issue anymore. So earlier you said Eagles have got to be favourites. I, I, I firmly agree. Richmond, if Richmond had Alex with, Rance, yeah. go on. Sorry, I was going to say, I agree with what you say about how entertaining they are to watch. Mm. Like, that's just not something that, you know, I've come to love the Eagles over the last couple of years, but I never, even at their best, thought they were that entertaining to watch. But they are just a soup. The way they play football is entertaining football. Yeah, it's funny. I um, caught up with uh, a mate of mine who's an Eagle supporter and uh, Chambo from Junktime AFL Podcast. Great podcast. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. If you like AFL that has comedy, but a bit more analysis, and that's probably the podcast for you. Um, but Chambo, when he found out this guy was an Eagle supporter, just ran through the list of indiscretions that the Eagles experienced in the mid-2000s. And it was staggering. I mean, that was the joke, is Michael kept saying, oh, and you remember when this happened, you remember when that happened. And it was such a long laundry list of criminal behavior <laughs> that occurred at that club. To see where they are now and the affection I have for them, it's a massive turnaround. And when I say everyone's opinion, I mean my opinion. <laughs> And by that, of course, yeah, I mean well, Caroline Wilson. The West Coast opinion. had a real rivalry. I'm not even sure that I am allowed to like the West Coast as much as I like the West Coast, but I really like the West Coast. And this is, and that's fine for uh, Carlton to lose. Like dream run has to end. Just put him back and put him in the Sydney basket. You still get your draft pick. You showed a little bit of fight. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Teague will get installed next year. You'll be fine. Well, he's a chance. I reckon. He's, and this this was one of those games that, in what I heard described about it, did his chances no harm. It was better than some of the Ws. You know, it was like, it was a, a good loss, I believe, you know, against the super team. So, no, nothing wrong at Carlton. Very optimistic. And then the last game was your boys up at the Gabatois uh, saw absolutely nothing apart from Crozier's grab. I heard it was a pretty good game. Heard that... Um, the Bulldogs had the best two players on the ground. and Yes. McCray well, Bont's probably got to be favourite for the Brownlow now, right? He's get, Well, he's going to be in the mix. But he's he's got a couple of guys who are going to take votes off him. And McRae's one of them. Uh, mm. he, yeah, he got 45 touches. And Dunkley's going to Dunkley. be the other one. Dunkley got another 31 as well. So there's going to be a couple of guys there who are going to take votes off Bont. But yeah, I mean, he missed one from the goal square I saw in the highlights slash lowlights. But it feels to me like the better team won. Brisbane are just a better team than us at the moment. And but there's a lot to like. There's a lot of optimism at the Bulldogs. If we could recruit well and um, yeah, get another season in, you just kind of feel you feel positive about next year. I'm just checking the uh, team list for the game, and Marcus Adams lined up for Brisbane. Um, I'm surprised he even turned up. I thought he hated the Bulldogs so much he would have asked for to be omitted from this game. <laughs> he doesn't even want to be in the same field as you guys. He got a concussion when in the warm-up, he punched himself in the head. <laughs> Detached his own retina. Just yeah. so he didn't have to fly. <laughs> well, it's like Jordan Roughhead thought uh, he was still being coached by Luke Beveridge. That's like Marcus, Marcus Adams' nightmare. He wakes up in a cold sweat. <laughs> no, Bevo! <laughs> hasn't been able to hasn't been able to go for a hard contest since he read that article. He's like, no way am I going to get hit in the head if it means I think I'm being coached by Luke Beveridge again. I mean, wouldn't it be great to see Brisbane go all the way? I mean, yes. Could they? Could they? One hundred percent. And and as a Victorian, could they? Yes. Then, Will they? Probably not. But could they? Yes. As a Victorian, even though I live in Sydney, I am all for a Brisbane Eagles grand final. I reckon that would be a humdinger. I think they play each other in the last round. Let me just double check that. Um, round 20. No, they don't. But that would be a fantastic game. Two, the two most entertaining sides going round. Let's make that happen. Yeah, I would. If, if Brisbane had a full list, they, uh, they're going to miss Zorko. He's hurt his hamstring. 
they'll mm. they'll miss him. I reckon he's super important to that team. Probably but almost their most he, important player. He'll be back in time for finals, or is that like he's out? He'll be back finals. for finals, but you know, the next couple of weeks they're gonna have to cover for him. Um, if they were at their best, like full strength, Brisbane mm. and flying up against West Coast, absolutely, I'd be fine with that with an all like interstate grand final. That'd be absolute. That'd be fun. That'd be a great. So, game. so many great matchups as well. Just think about it. Like Cameron, but any of those Jetta teams, and... Tiger. If, if it's Tigers West Coast, Tigers Brisbane, Ti- Brisbane West Coast, any of that combination, they're three super entertaining, you know, matches up. Because if you're thinking about, you know, Dustin Martin and that f- twin forward line, and there's mm. a, there'd be a lot of really exciting, you know, twists if it was Richmond too. But yeah, Brisbane West Coast. That's that's my, that's kind of my fantasy grand final. I reckon. All right, let's look ahead to this weekend's game. On Friday night at uh, University of New South Wales, the Giants take on the Hawks. Who wins that game? Giants, I think. That's an easy call. Yeah. I think Hawthorne have done for the year. I I think the Giants. I think Clarko's just testing out some young blokes now, so uh, preparing to win the premiership in 2020. (laughs) On Saturday, the Demons take on the Magpies at the MCG. Mm, nah, this is a, this 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 is a game ripe for the Pie Magpies to lose. Backs aren't against the wall because they're favourites, and they had a big win last week, but they lost another player. No, I. Uh, oh, but then they're playing Melbourne, and Melbourne are just guaranteed to lose on the MCG when they should win. Ah. Uh, I'm going to pick the Demons in this game. I believe that Collingwood's backs are against the wall. Uh, Dugowie out, Cox out. Um, that's enough for me. Plus, you know, mm. I don't like to tip Melbourne. So, <laughs> pretty much Collingwood for me. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I would ordinarily tip backs against the wall, but something tells me the Demons are going to win this game. Okay. Over at Adelaide Oval, the Power take on the Swans. Well, this is, this is a tough one. Tough one to um, pick no. because Port Adelaide should win. Port Adelaide should win this one. <laughs> So they'll lose. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that's normally how it goes. Yeah, Swans to win this. And that's my lock of the week. Oh, man. I, look, I am going to say Port win, but but I there's a fair chance that you'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> up on the go, up on the Gabatoire, the Lions take on the Suns. The Q-Clash will. The game that oh. stops a nation. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a great one this year. A battle of two evenly matched teams, isn't it? The Q Clash this year. <laughs> Lions um, by a hundred. Yeah, they're gonna. I, well, no, I think the Gold Coast will be competitive. They've been a bit more competitive. Um, Brisbane by sixty. Ben King's a good young footballer for the Suns. There you go. There's a bit yeah, of positivity he looks good for the next few months while he plays for the Suns, and then he'll go <laughs> wherever else he's going to. <laughs> The Bombers take on the Bulldogs on Saturday night at Marvel Stadium. Big game, huge game. If the Dogs are going to have any chance of playing finals, they're going to win this. Uh, Bombers limping a little bit, but still in there. I don't know. This could be a really great game. Quick game, I imagine. Uh, I'm going to say that the Bulldogs are no chance to make the finals, but I'm going to say the Bulldogs win this and keep the discussion around it alive. I'm also going to pick the Bulldogs, and I have no idea why. <laughs> what did Caroline, who did Caroline Wilson tip? <laughs> and the other game on Saturday night is at GMHBA Stadium. The Mighty Cats are taking on Lushin Monos. Um, fuck, I would love to see North Melbourne. Wouldn't you love to see North Melbourne win this game and for the Cats' spiral to continue? That's some drama that none of us were expecting. I would love to see that. And does it keep is it at North GMHBA? Melbourne similar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I could see... North Melbourne could definitely roll Geelong. North Melbourne mm. are a good enough team to give Geelong a whole bunch of problems. But I I think Geelong win this one. Steady the ship. I'm going to pick North Melbourne. And again, I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> on the coveted 1-10 slot on Sunday afternoon, St Kilda takes on Freo at Marvel Stadium. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Last time Frio played Marvel was two weeks ago when you guys absolutely spanked him. But maybe Ross has given him a rocket. I mean, on paper, I think they have better players, but 
You just can't trust him, can you? I'm going to pick the Saints because I always pick with my heart. I don't know who's going to win that game. I have absolutely no idea. You're right. Frio, well, I don't know. You know what? St Kilda. <laughs> St Kilda are going to win. <laughs> and you have no <laughs> and idea. And I don't know no. why. <laughs> Uh, 320 at the MCG could be a massive crowd to this one. The Tigers take on Carlton. I mean, Carlton were bowed a little bit by the Eagles last week, but there should still be a fair bit of optimism. I'm saying 50,000 at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. Is it going to be a nice day? No, it's not. The weather's going to be bad. All right, 40,000, 45,000. That's my pick. I think that are we doing crowds now in our tips? Yeah, <laughs> I say fifty. I say fifty thousand, and that's my luck of the week. Uh, Tigers to win this. Too good. Too strong. Too. Oh, you know what? No, no, Will. I'm changing it. Carlton to win oh. this because what are the other? We haven't picked any real major upsets, have we? Is this one? This one's not a major upset. I think Carlton to bow the Tigers. Nice little tune-up for the Tigers. A little slap in the face they need before the finals. I'm picking the Blues in this game. I could see that happening, but I'm going to pick the Tigers. Last game of the round, over at Optus Stadium, the all-conquering Eagles host the Crows. Eddie Betts will be on the phone to his mate Charlie Cameron at halftime. Seeing how he can get up to Brisbane. Uh, Eagles, easily. Um, I, I think West Coast win at home. Easily, right? In fact, I think it'll be actually I, a I really, it'll be a good game to watch just to sort of see them flex a bit of muscle because they're so quick and so skillful. And I think that Adelaide are a bit like statues. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they'll just be way too quick for Adelaide. Yeah. All right. That's our tips for this week. You can go to our Facebook page if you want to send us a message. Just send us some Jake Lloyd facts if that's, if that's your thing. Um, we're also on Twitter, uh, both individually and as Two Guys One Cup. You can also go to tofop.com. Tofop is our little podcast network. So if you like this podcast, you might like some of our other podcasts, like Tofop, which is essentially this, but with less AFL talk. There's Willosophy, which is Will's bloody New York Times credited serious podcast where he sits down and gets to the root of people's philosophies. Yeah. Can't believe this one where we talked about everything from sister to sister to AFL football <laughs> didn't make that list. <laughs> And what else? So you got anything to promote? Darwin show? Has that happened yet or happening? No. Uh, Dar- yeah, Darwin's nearly sold out. So if you're in Darwin, get some tickets quickly to come and see Will Eagle. But other than that, uh, no. Done. All right. Play on. Not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car.